and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street, a monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also rate and review us on Apple iTunes. Today, we're talking about Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. All you right. may wonder why we're doing this third one first. And that's because this third one is an abomination. Um, a, a little bit of a surprise for our listeners. Um, for the month of October, we're doing the Halloween series. Because I don't know if you know this, but there's a really big holiday that, that comes in this month. So It's the only holiday that matters. Listen, I'm a cheese ball and I also love Christmas, but I also love Halloween. The winter holidays are fine. Um, I like dressing too, but also Halloween's a day. If I could move my birthday to legally being on Halloween, I would. Yeah, I'm just a cheese ball. I'm a helpless romantic and a horror fan. So, like, I have all the dichotomies in the world. <laughs> I am Kevin Williamson. I ride horror, but then I also ride Dawson's Creek. <laughs> um, so, yes, get, we'll get ready. Looking forward to that for the rest of the month. So, we're, we're transitioning from our September um, celebration of all things witchy to our celebration in October of all things Mikey. Ooh, ooh, I like that. I like that. And this is a good bridge because this is not the feminist witchcraft that we've been celebrating all month. Um, especially if not you at all. Especially if you tuned into that two part Suspiria, aka grad school, um <laughs> episode. Um <laughs> I'm excited. Michael Myers, give him his things. Yes. Um also something else I want to touch on during this housekeeping section is so for those of you that have listened to our episode, Stanley Cooper was an asshole, but she was. Um, I have officially listened to the the Shining um, audiobook. So I now know the story of the book. And I have to tell you all, like I still have my issues with it. Of, of course, it's Stephen King. I, I don't need to hear the N-word. It's okay. Like... <laughs> we get it but like and like let's talk about indigenous burial grounds again but it's still such a better story i actually felt for jack for some in some parts now there are other parts i'm like girl what you doing but overall and in the end i was like i didn't want him to die and i kind of felt sorry for him because it became well i don't want to give any spoilers out there for anyone that hasn't listened to it but the ending is a thousand times better than the book's ending or than the movie's ending. I'm sorry. Um, if the book were the actual movie, I would watch the movie. Yes. So I just wanted to give a little update to our, our fans out there that yes, I have now listened to the audiobook and I can attest, I can agree with Sheree now that it is so much better. Thank you, scholar. Go ahead. Oh, and I will say, I still stand by my. Um, theory because in the book this isn't a, this isn't a spoiler it happens in the first like third of the book so don't at me um halloran tells or he's thinking and he's thinking about how he can see shot the shining in everyone people whoever has it and he says he sees a ton of it in danny he sees it in winnie so winifred has the shining and he says he can't see anything in Jack. So there is something about Jack that is different than everyone else. That is some kind of shining. So something happened to his shine a long, long time ago, probably the abuse from his father. 
Or maybe he doesn't have The Shining because he is the cis hetero straight white man that we are all avoiding in horror right now. <laughs> maybe you hate it. Stephen King didn't write that. <laughs> you write. I'm putting in context that should have been there had I been consulted before I was born. But you know what? He's welcome. He is welcome. <laughs> but while we're housekeeping, I want to say we might sound different because we got a sponsor. Pew, 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 pew. Our guest and friend, Lara Payton, was like, hey, y'all want some mics? It changed my life. I think it'll change yours, my drunk friend. <laughs> and so now we should be coming at you louder and maybe clearer from my drunk end. I mean, you always sounded fine, Trent. I could always hear you. Sometimes I was like, I whispered and rolled away at the same time for no reason. It's the alcohol. Blame it on the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to give a shout out to LeBron Payton for being our first official sponsor. I mean, technically my sister is sister's a sponsor because I use her Amazon account a lot for some of these horror movies. But she doesn't even listen to the podcast. So, like, she don't get a shout out. That don't count. Right, right. Um, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. First off, just some general thoughts. I'm here. Let's give it up for some Irish witches. You know they probably know how to drink. <laughs> I respect that. I, my general thoughts on this movie is that I, I did a little bit of digging, and by digging I mean drunken Wikipedia, what the fuck was this and why, and <laughs> it came to light that they wanted Halloween to be an anthology situation, yes. and it was going to be the first of a two-part thing that was rightfully stopped. Um, <laughs> so, they, they tried to do Ryan Murphy before Ryan Murphy, and it just didn't work. Right? Right? This was, this was not a thing. Which is why I always forget it exists. Um, <laughs> that's Most an abomination. People. It is. Um, yes, and so they made this as as they're supposed to try to make an anthology situation, and it bombed so much. Well, it didn't in the box office? It did not bomb as bad as I thought it did. I looked it up, and like they made fourteen million, I think, and they only spent like two and a half million. So it didn't bomb that much in the in the box office, but critics slammed it and people were rightfully pissed they showed up for some more michael myers family drama and they got this shit i don't roll in to my friends thanksgivings for masks and like weird witchcraft things i roll in for some family drama people in closets screaming people shoving hangers out of the way people jumping out of the <laughs> bushes going you thought you forgot your aunt jenny at the airport again that's what I show up for everybody's Thanksgivings for, and this let me down. I was I wanted to disinvite myself and leave. Yeah, like they, it, they they tried it. I'll give them that. They tried it. I will say I also read that um, the masks, the three masks that are that are in the film, were mass produced and sold in stores as prom as promotional for the movie. And if you have watched this movie, why in the hell are you wearing those masks watching this movie? Are you asking for this to happen to you? That would, that would be like mass producing phone calls after the, someone watched The Ring. <laughs> this movie made me feel bad for children of this era because I'm just like, they would really sell you anything, wouldn't they? And you had no options. You didn't have an internet to go get lost yeah. on. You were like, this pumpkin mask is the best thing to happen to me this year. And I feel bad for all of you. Mm -hmm. Truly. 
Yes. All right. Well, let's get down into this film. Um, First thing, so, why are these credits so damn long? Right. I will, like, okay, not every screen needs to have one person on it. Like, you could put two or three on a screen, and it'd be all right. I mean, I will say it was kind of cool for them to do, like, the digital pumpkins a la what they did in the first two Halloween with, like, organic pumpkin. You know, that was kind of cool, I guess. But, like, way too long. Way too damn long. Way, way too damn long. I also liked, and it couldn't just be me, and I could have missed something, but I liked that most of the credits they put at the beginning weren't the actors. They were the uh, the tech crew. <laughs> Which I'm here for making people pay attention to people who do tech, but not this way. I sat here for five minutes going, is this really going to be a movie or just credits? Right. And we, we survived this credit sequence. And we'll find out we're all the way in California, which is the first red flag, because Michael don't travel. He ain't got no passport. He don't like public transportation. I don't know with California. <laughs> right. Well, and, okay, so I would say when it opened, the, like, chase scene that's happening was kind of, okay, it was effective for me. The, the score is unsettling. Um, then, then he gets caught. And the fight scene... First off, this I this whole chase sequence, I was like, pick up your pacing, pick up your pacing, pick up your pacing, and they wouldn't. And then like this witch man in a suit appears and it's like done. And he grabs him and it's like done. And they hit the ground very slowly. And it's like done. And he's like choking him with one hand, and like the person he's choking is just not trying to fight back. It was <laughs> No struggle. Like, oh no, it's my time to die. And I'm like, good sir, could we try to struggle a wee bit? Just a wee bit. Also, so this is a, a general note throughout the whole movie, but I felt like the guys in the suits or whatever were too, too much like Michael Myers. So it felt like Michael Myers light, like sugar free Michael Myers. I feel like these were the people who auditioned for that role and didn't get it. And so they were just like, well. We only brought the one William Shatner mask. Everybody else is going to be seen. <laughs> and so, here we are. Here um, we are. So, okay. So, he's a, he's a running, and he, he pulls the car and kills the guy, and then he runs some more. And then he finally gets to the guy in the gas station, which, shout out, a man of color, a black man, who didn't die. He didn't. He was working no the people gas people of color died. Black people can't have jobs that are not below minimum wage. But you know what? In the trajectory of what we've seen happen to black people so far, I have to just let this one slide. <laughs> Thank you for this tokenism of an employed black man in your movie, John Carpenter. <laughs> right. So, yes. And he freaks out there. And he, I don't know. He's like being all creepy and shit. And then we go and we meet our, um, we see the commercial. our protagonist for this film. Yes, yes. In this gas station of this store that only sells three masks. And they're advertising, they only sell three masks. And this is when I was like, who's 80 kids need to ask for more? Um, they have this like weird jingle that's very obnoxious and not Halloween-y at all. Um, it's like the chipmunks took acid and then we had to listen to it a lot because that's the movie. I didn't ask. Did you, catch, did you catch that it was Ring Around the Rosie? Yes. Yes. 
which is another reason I had issues with it as someone who didn't have a real childhood. I was like, so you're mocking me on multiple ways. Caitlin, John Carpenter. Which I don't know, did he do the, the sound for this one? Music for this one? No, he, he didn't direct he, it. But like, I don't know who did the music. I hope he didn't, because it's beneath him. It was not as good as the first two, for sure. Everybody has an um, Right. So then we meet our protagonist for this film, who is a knockoff Burt Reynolds. Um, <laughs> um, and he is a doctor with an, with an ex-wife, but they don't really tell us that at first. We're just meeting her and the kids, and who she cold. has bought them all through. She, she what? And she seemed cold. So that's what I was like, they ain't together anymore. <laughs> it was very much, why are you in my house? Why are you talking to my kids? And I was like, what is happening <laughs> yeah. If you bomb ass, I already did it. Man, 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 man. <laughs> right? I got to curse mass for you could. I'm a good parent. <laughs> and so, yeah. So then he goes, he gets beeped into the hospital. This is when he goes to the hospital, and I almost turned the movie off because why are we back in a hospital when your actual sequel just happened in a hospital? Spoiler alert for those of you who are watching Halloween with us for the first time this month. The actual sequel to the original Halloween happens in a hospital. So why is your janky homemade <laughs> third one also in a hospital? So, yes. And the hospitals are creepy, though. I will give them that. There's not many creepier This is true. But also, like, Michael Myers don't typically go back to the hospitals because he's done that. <laughs> Been there, done that. The, the, the black man from the gas station has brought in the man that was being chased to the hospital, who now looks like he's passed out. I don't know. <laughs> he's such he's a bad actor, it. I can tell. Um, I, I know I said I love a bad horror movie, even with the bad acting, but like this movie tested my limits. I'm <laughs> not gonna lie, it tested all of my limits. Truly. So, and then as he's walking, so he, they have to sedate the, oh, Sorry, the guy see the commercial starts playing again. Uh, if, you ever, if you want to play a drinking game with this movie, watch it and drink every time you see that commercial. I did. Um. <laughs> so he sees it and he freaks out. He says, they're going to kill us all. They're coming for us. And they sedate him. Because that's what you do when someone's trying to tell you that someone's going to kill you. You just sedate them because that's the, that's, it's the 80s. That's what you do, I guess. We've seen this theme, though, because whenever somebody tells you the truth in a horror movie, you tell them that they're crazy and you drug them, as we've seen in Nightmare on Elm Street and other movies. Just circles. All of them. They come back. So as they're walking away from maybe saving this unconscious man's life, him and another woman who works there are talking, and he feels need to touch her. And I clock that he's touched every woman he's talked to, aside from his ex-wife at this point. He can't talk to him without touching her, and that bothers me for many reasons. <laughs> this was not an endearing trait ever. You, you can talk not, to not only, Right. Not only does he touch her, he, spank, he like slaps her ass. Because it's a sexual harassment will spike up the movie. They didn't have that in the 80s, I guess. I don't know. No. Um, uh, and then, okay, so then he goes to sleep in his office, and a, a, a businessman comes in. And he goes into the, the man who he was being chased room and kills him, essentially. My question is, was this man not put on a heart monitor? Was he not, was there no machinery attached to him to let people know that he was in trouble? 
I'm real confused because this was not a quick death. No. So anyways, he's dead and the nurse comes in, sees, or the nurse is walking in as he's, as this dude is walking out and she doesn't think anything's wrong with it. She's like, oh, that's kind of strange, but whatever. Then she walks into the room and screams, but he does not kill her. And I'm pretty, wasn't she, she was a black woman, wasn't she? But he, they purposely didn't kill the black person, a black woman. That's kind of cool. One of the few cool things in this movie. <laughs> But also, she is a nurse who is like working under this man who needs to touch all of the women and also is taking care of all these white people who are out here doing weird shit. And she, she would have been the woman that he spanked in the last scene. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, so she screams and he comes in and he sees the dead body and she's like, the man just left. And so he goes out chasing him because, you know, that's what white straight cis men do. Um, and he chases him all the way to the car and then we see him light himself on fire oh but before this when he left the room he wiped his gloves his bloody gloves on the curtains that's, one that's rude two why are you gonna wipe your dirty gloves on the curtains and then blow yourself up right what were you getting clean for you about to be ashes it's fine that's her she was black good for her you only see her for like two seconds. So, and one yeah. of those times, the doctor's patting her on the ass. So, like, there was no way to win this, but now we have a definitive mm-hmm. answer. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes, yeah, so he's blowing himself up. And then the next morning, no, then they call the cops, and the cops are there being as useless as ever. Um, and he's on the phone, one of his many phone calls with his ex-wife. And I don't like the way they portray her as just this harpy yipping at him all the time. It just, I don't know. That's what happens when cis hetero straight white men write women, because of course the ex-wife is the problem. It's never the cis hetero straight white man. He is always flawless. Well, and, and you also get two different types of female characters you get one the harpy yippy mean woman cold mean woman or you get the woman that you just take her to a hotel and she gets naked and you have sex we have and both, we both of it very well in this movie like this this fucking <laughs> stressed me out because it was the epitome of white men can do no wrong like literally all the women want him everything he touches turns to gold um <laughs> He is never held accountable. We don't even talk about him patting nurses on the ass. And he's just a Burt Reynolds knockoff. He's not even Burt Reynolds. He's not. They couldn't afford Burt Reynolds. And so now we have this asshole who thinks he's charming and he's not. Um, not necessary. So one of my favorite parts when they're talking to the police is when the guy, the police are trying to say that they believe the, the guy, the man was on drugs. And one of his defenses is he was clearly a businessman. He can't be out of his mind on drugs. And I said, sir, um, just because a man is a businessman does not mean he can't be on drugs. But then I thought, and I was like, well, they haven't finished living through the 80s yet. This is only 82. So, but by 1989, we clearly know yes. businessmen can be on drugs. Usually the men in the suits have the more expensive drugs. That's what I have yeah. seen. <laughs> Um, in my short time on this planet. Uh, so again, we have that like weird little classism issue of well, he's in a suit, so he can't be on drugs. Because drugs yeah. people can't afford suits. And it's like, well, gee, thanks, John. So then he goes for a drink. 
because you know he's well he's not a businessman i guess so he can be on drugs right um, he's a doctor <laughs> well alcohol is different i guess for them anyway uh, and on the tv comes the halloween trailer for the original halloween movie which made me wish i was watching that instead and also confused me because i'm like are you trying to be meta in a bad movie like are you trying to be meta in your awful sequel you're like we're gonna give you something you never asked for and show you the good stuff and then go back to what you've never asked for. Right. I mean, again, they were trying to be Ryan Murphy before Ryan Murphy. Because Ryan Murphy has those little like tidbits and little like moments in each season that kind of links them all together. But then, but this, it, it, I did think it was cl- a clever way to segue into their plan like the the big in because like they're showing the advertisement because there's going to be a horror marathon on 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 halloween and then at nine o'clock this company that does these masks are doing this big giveaway so i did think that was an a fun little kind of meta interesting way to go to segue into that but yeah it's it's ryan murphy did it better in my opinion decades later I'm just really mad at it because I'm just like, why couldn't we just stay with Michael Myers? Why are we doing this mess? Right. Um, and so then the the daughter of the man that was running comes in because she clearly knows where this doctor is. I don't know. Because every doctor hangs out at the bar after work. So she goes in and she's telling him, oh no, they're talking about what happened. And anyway, they they both kind of agreed to work together to figure out what happened to her dad. So then she goes to the toy store, because apparently the man was a toy store owner. And she tells him, well, I looked through his calendar, and he was here on the 20th, and he was here the next day, and then here the next day, and then he wasn't here. He didn't go to dinner with this one lady, and the guy was like, oh, you've been busy. What? She she made four phone calls. Sheree does that in two hours a day, every day. Right? right? I wish. I wish I could just stop after four. I wish. Have you ever heard of a place called Lyric Opera? <laughs> That's where the sequel really should have happened. That's a scary movie. What? <laughs> I mean, like, women don't become exhausted after making a few phone calls. Okay, man, let's calm down a little bit, okay? Hopefully we've moved forward into 1982. But just in case some men still think this, women can make phone calls and not be exhausted. Around the time we learned how to read and we got the right to vote, we started being able to, like, talk on the phone. And so, like... <laughs> We see that carried on to the rest of the folks. <laughs> then they just, so they figure out that the last thing he did was he made a pickup for these masks in this town where the where the factory the factory is. So they decide to go to this town. This town is kind of creepy. It does. It's funny that you just mentioned Children of the Corn because this town reminds me of Children of the Corn because it's very kind of desolate. All the people are in their windows, like peeking out at them, like who's that. What's going on out there? Who are you? I uh, didn't hear the corn. You read ahead in your notes. <laughs> you went to tell me the corn. And then I'm like, the real thing. So I was like, who mentioned it? <laughs> this is like Children of the Corn, but with adults in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a minute. I was like, what did I say? <laughs> but anyway. So they decide it's late because apparently they've been driving for a very long time. So they decide to get a room at this little hotel with uh, pink walls and white shutters or white uh, accent. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 
So, yeah. Uh, they get a room there, and then as soon as they get a room, this empty hotel then suddenly is just bursting with clientele. Uh, this family comes in with uh, their big RV, and they nearly run him over, and then this woman comes in, and they're all there to get masks, apparently. And then they come over, so like 6 o'clock, 8 o'clock, I think it's 8 o'clock. Uh, they come over the loudspeakers and tell everyone that it is now curfew. I don't trust any town that's in, that has a curfew all the time. And when they come over the loudspeaker, it lets me know this is not the town for me. Because, like, what else are we controlling while we're here? Truly. And then, so then, okay, even though this has happened over the loudspeakers, he's like, I guess I got to go to the liquor store to get some liquor. So he goes to the liquor store, and he's walking back, and this, like, stranger on the side of the road who I assume is a homeless person, but I don't know that for sure. Um, it's not It's not really um, explained until the next scene. But anyways, he asks him for a drink of his alcohol, and he gives it to him. Who? Out the bottle. At least get a little plastic cup, put a little bit on. Like, I ain't giving you, I'm sorry. Even as if I'm best friends, I'm probably not going to do it. As someone who's been drinking alcohol for a very long time, I've never stopped to share my bottle with a stranger on the street. Um, ever. Especially not in a rural town in the middle of nowhere. Right? Right? This weird town is not the place to make friends. Good sir. Get back to your hotel room. Right. So then he asks him all these questions about the factory and the owner of the factory, who is, uh, I have his name written down here somewhere, Mr. Cochran. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Cochran. This guy expresses that he hates Mr. Cochran because when he opened the factory, he brought everyone in from the outside and did not hire any local people. Interesting. So they, they, he gets a little more information, and then they go their separate ways. Well, we, then we see him in his little, like, box that he lived. I couldn't tell what it was, like a shack or like a outhouse. I don't know. That, like, keeps his things in. Um. And, now some, and then he gets killed by the men in suits. And this is when I wondered, are these men in suits witches or are they just bullies who grew up and got suits? Because they just show up and pick on people who can't defend themselves. And that's not what witches have been doing in our exploration of witchcraft. But we leave this nonsense after they kill this possibly homeless man who told too much. And <laughs> we go back to the hotel where our leading lady is, of course, showering so we can see her naked through the shower door because we have to. How tiny are these towels? Are they hand towels? They are your generic <laughs> washcloths or scraps of paper towel because it covers barely anything. It is just like from nipple <laughs> to taint and nothing more. <laughs> she can't even wrap it around herself. But like <laughs> everything starting at the nipples to the taint <laughs> is vaguely covered as she runs into the bed wet. Um, because that's what you do. You put on your like bad little non-useful towel, and then you like get your sheets wet with your shower water. Um, <laughs> I know we all have our rituals and routines, but I question this one, especially in this dirty ass hotel. Maybe she wanted her hair to be extra curly in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like he shows up, our leading man who we hate. He walks in and she gets up from the bed and we're like, what is happening? And she like drops whatever she's wrapped around her now to show her new lingerie. 
and she just goes at him because even though we've never talked about them being a couple and there's been no chemistry or no hinting, if you're in this hotel with this random man, you have to jump him. You have to because this is a horror movie. It was the most like unwarranted, unearned, and ungratifying sex scene in all of horror. And that's saying something because there's a lot of sex scenes in horror movies. Like their sex scene, although it was quick, made me realize just why intimacy directors have so much work ahead of them. Because this was definitely just like, hey, put her boob in your mouth, Chuck. Don't ask questions. And it wasn't even like a sensual situation. It was like a dog with a chew toy. And I was like, oh. And I paused the movie right then and there to get another harder drink. So and then they, they flashed to the, the woman that showed up earlier who is, when she showed up, she's angry because she doesn't have, or they didn't have her order or something like that. And so she has to stay overnight. Um, but before this, she's, she has shown our leading lady the, uh, apparently the, the little like chip that's on the back of these masks has fallen off of one of her children's masks and she has it. So it doesn't do anything with that just yet, but that's good to know for future. So anyways, it flashes to her so that we know that she's there, I guess. I don't know. Um, then we go back. Because yeah. we're not done with this gross fucking hotel in a dirty town sex that came out of nowhere. Um, so, like, they wake up, and I don't even know if they actually went to sleep. This is still the same night. Maybe they just, like, stopped for a second, but she needs it again because he's so great and mind-blowing. And so she needs him again. And he's like, oh, don't you need a break? And she's so insatiable and she's so hot for him that she can't wait. And he's like, well, how old are you? And ooh, ooh, ooh. And then her answer is, don't worry, I'm older than I look. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So... This is the part where my face cracked because clearly we've established a world in which this hetero straight cis white man is so the fucking bee's knees that so many women are throwing themselves at him that like some of them are maybe underage or perhaps we should be like verifying they can get their own alcohol and it's just part of what is, makes him him and he just can't help it. Gross. For the record, most people don't want your dads. So when you're writing this movie, <laughs> know that most of us don't want your dads. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some attractive dads out there. But, like, the number of attractive dads to dads we don't want <laughs> is so <laughs> jarring to where just to be safe, just assume nobody wants your dad when you put him in these movies. Yeah. I mean, as we said earlier, it is different during a pandemic. Because, like, right now, <laughs> I don't know. But... Even this one, I would say no. And we saw me react to, like, young Jack Nicholson. So I'm in a delicate place. But even I would be like, no, no, good sir. No, no. Um, okay, so then we go back to the, uh, the woman with her chip. And she's like, what is this? Uh, messing with it, gets her bobby pin out, starts poking it. And then it, this laser like shoots in her mouth. I don't know how it, it. It's a good aim. It's a better aim than most. It's a better aim than most people with a gun. So you know, it just like right in the mouth. Right. Um, it was so gross. I could. I still don't want to think about it. Um, First off, that laser did a lot to her because <laughs> it it melted her face. She was busted, and all of a sudden, bugs started coming out of her mouth. 
And I was like, what kind of laser puts a bug in your mouth and melts your face? A magical one. <laughs> the magical lasers is out here. And now I'm afraid to go to California again. Right. So then we skip back to our, love, our lovers and they hear commotion outside. So he gets up and like, out of all of the male nudity we have seen in making this so far, his is the worst. <laughs> I'm still traumatized. It was like a saggy pancake. Oh. It was like, you know when you're making pancakes and like the bottom of it's still kind of gooey, but the top of it is like firm? That's what it looked like. <laughs> you're welcome for that visual. <laughs> Again, just to reaffirm, if you're making sort of movies, most people don't want your dad. Just go ahead and assume nobody wants your dad. You've cast in this role. And don't try and make it a sex symbol. All the women want him. All the women are lusting after him and doing him favors. And he can touch us all. Situation. Right. That's not what happens. And then the other dads think that this is normal. And they go into the world and we hurt their feelings. So, right. And then, so he, he decides to get dressed. And they both get dressed, I guess. And they go out there and they're wheeling the woman covered in a white uh cloth away in, a, in this van it's not an ambulance it's just a van it's like a cargo van it's like it's like those vans your parents tell you do not get into as a child yes they had candy and they were waiting but also that nobody clocks this and it bothers me that all the people handling this situation and there's at least 10 dudes because it's the same dudes in suits but now they're in like doctor's jackets and coats and so i'm like this is a lot of white coats out here for something that we're not supposed to worry about to be discreet. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have any other costumes, but I guess not. If they were going to factor with only three masks, why do they have extra costumes? So right. silly me. <laughs> right. And so the doctors, the main guys, like, let me look at her. I'm a doctor. And they're like, now. And they shut the door. And the owner of the hotel is suddenly there. And he goes, don't worry. I can't do an Irish accent. I'm not going to try. He couldn't. <laughs> Um, and he says uh, don't worry she's going to get the best care possible and he's like uh, and then a car pulls up and he's like oh here's Mr. Cochran and this old white dude gets out and I immediately don't trust him um, because he tells him she's going to get the best care at the factory like really what this factory going to do you got doctors I know you got magic but do you have doctors that's what my concern was. If the factory is where people get the best medical treatment in town, shut this town down. You you are only equipped to make three different masks. You've established this with all your commercials. And you're going to try and convince me you have a state-of-the-art medical facility where you can only make three masks? Right. Who are you? Stop right. lying to us. So then our main dude goes to the phone to call his lab tech lady friend. And... Ask her to look into Mr. Cochran. Because not only is she a lab tech, she's also a detective because of budget cuts. Yes. But the, the, the camera scroll, uh, pans down and you see a, a, an audio recorder. So they're listening. I love how all these male witches knew exactly who to bug for this plot without talking to any of them or consulting anybody. They were like, he has three friends and he's going to be the problem. We can sense this before we start. So we should just bug all three of those friends. <laughs> so the factory the next day, and they're getting toured around or whatever. And I, I just want to say, these masks don't seem all that special. Plaster of Paris and some paint. 
I and kids are eating it up. But I'm just like, kids, I knew you had things you wanted to be for Halloween. It couldn't have been that simple back then. I'm just going to say this. So rewind to that first scene when we meet him and he brings and he's with his kids and his ex-wife. He brings them masks. And I want to say one of them was a unicorn. I can't remember what the other one was. I would take that unicorn mask over either any of these three other masks because I want to be a unicorn, not some pumpkin head. Right? And not this pumpkin head. If we're going to do actual pumpkin head, yes, that's cool. But just like a straight up jack-o'-lantern that's sad. Right. You, you have to, I have no idea what kids would settle for just three options. We couldn't settle for just three options of cereal, let alone costumes for Halloween, especially when you have just the mask and the rest of the costume is just your street clothes. Ask for more, 80s kids. Ask for more. I am retroactively upset for all of you. Yeah, and they continue the tour, and they get to this area where the kid wants the, well, it's the two main people, and then the family that came in the RV, who is a husband and a wife and a kid. And so the kid wants one of the masks, and the guy says, well, you can't have that one because it has not gone through the final uh, process. And so he gives him another mask that has. And so they're talking about the fi- what, it, what is the final process. And he's like, no, I, don't, I can't really tell you. It's trade secrets, yada, yada, yada. They try to get in there. He's like, no, I really can't. It's, it's chemicals. It's dangerous chemicals. And so it's the final process for you give it to kids because it's dangerous chemicals. <laughs> and then the doctor man sees our Burt Reynolds knockoff, sees all the men in suits around. And he's like, oh, ruh raggy. Um, there's trouble about and so he gets the girl, and they start to leave. And he tells her that he thinks these men around are the same men that killed her dad. So, but then as they're leaving, she sees her dad's car in the garage, and she tries to run up to it, and all these men, like, surround them. and Or not surround them, but, like, block her from getting to the car. And it, the screen or the shot goes back to... Um, the owner of the factory, Mr. Uh, Cochran, and um, the the dad of the other family. And he's like, mm, trade secrets. And I'm going to be like, fuck your trade secrets. I, like, I get so sick of when people don't trust people that see shit in horror movies. Like, she goes back and tells the main doctor man, uh, Burt Reynolds knockoff, that she saw her dad's truck or car, and he's like, well, are you sure? <laughs> Am I sure? Yes, I am sure that was my father's car. I just can't. But we can't believe women because women always lie and don't know what they see until a man tells them. So, right in Didn't. his defense, <laughs> is that a defense? Anyways, um, so then they go back to the hotel, and he tells her they're going to leave. That she should start packing, and he leaves to go call somebody. But he doesn't shut the door. This man tested my nerves. I just wanted Michael Myers to show up and stab him and take the movie back because clearly... <laughs> I if I were and I turned around and that man did not shut that door after what we've seen today, I would have been furious. Oh, right. I would have marched my hands down to that room and said, what the fuck do you think you're doing? You had one job. was the closest mm-hmm. deal. Then he goes back to the room. He re- then the door is open. Wait, but before this, he's calling trying to call out of this town, and the operator keeps saying that the message cannot be da-da-da. That is Jamie Lee Curtis, the queen of horror. The highlight of this movie. Truly, yeah. 
<laughs> Truly. Um, so, yes. And then, so he gets back there, and the door's open, and she's gone. And he looks out the door, and these men are, like, standing in the road, ready to come get him. So he starts to run out the back. He shuts the door. Finally, he does something smart. Shuts the door, locks it, goes to the bathroom, shuts the door, locks it, goes out the window. Okay, that's smart. I'll give you that. And then, and then it begins this chase scene, which is another kind of, I felt, somewhat effective chase scene. It's probably one of the only effective things in this movie. So he gets chased until he gets into the, um, the, final, the final process of the mask making. And I put, you know it's the 80s, because I love these light bright computers. <laughs> <laughs> these light bright computers would have been my entire life as a child. I'd been like, dee doo boo boop dee boop uh, and then I would have died. But, you know, life right. Um, and then so we find out that he, Mr. Cochran, has somehow, he never says how, he says, you wouldn't get, you wouldn't believe how we got it here, got a piece of Stonehenge to this, to California in this factory, and they're, pe- they're picking off pieces of it, and that's what those chips are made of on the masks. I said, leave it up to a white man to destroy an ancient artifact for his own means like okay anyway always ruining something and we go back to this weird family and to be fair this family were stock characters turned loose in this movie i hated them their dynamic the choices or lack of choices being made uh because the mother is just so over the top and it's not sure what's ever going on (laughs) Did you notice when when they were introduced, she was like, where are my glasses? And then she walked around and she's like doing some like, uh, uh, some stretching. And I'm like, girl, what did you just run about? Right, right. It was just like, make sure we pick you up on the camera. And the father's very, I'm happy to be here because I don't have thoughts. I'm just happy to be seen. (laughs) Good businessman, Mr. Cochran. Yes, witchcraft. Pro witchcraft because it makes me go somewhere. Yay. And the kid is just like a little brat who was like, this isn't Willy Wonka. That's not what we talked about. I wanted chocolate. I have three masks. But like, (laughs) (laughs) we go to them in the room, they put them in, and the kid puts on his mask because the commercial comes on. And this is when we finally see what the masks do to children with 28 minutes left in this whole damned movie. We have come this whole way, and with 28 minutes to spare, we see what the plan actually is and why these masks mean anything. And that is too damn late. And I still don't understand. <laughs> what, what? Basically, they kill the kids and put bugs and snakes in their mouths. And I just. Is that what kills the parents? I mean. I, <laughs> you're asking for too much logic. All I know is nobody consulted anybody about witchcraft or did any research, opened any books before starting this movie. They were like, we have a bunch of suits and we have a bunch of people who want to be Michael Myers. Let's make a movie. And that's as far as we got. (laughs) Some money was thrown in at some point because Jamie Lee Curtis is here. But like, (laughs) what is it? Why is it? So then the guy, Mr. Cochran, has made the main Dr. Man, Burt Reynolds knockoff. Uh, watch this happen to the family. And so now Burt Reynolds knockoff knows what's going to happen to the kids when they wear their masks. But they tie him up in this room and make him put a mask on and put the thing on the Halloween. So we get a little more glimpse of some more Halloween tidbits in there. 
Um, the original one, not this one, clearly. Um, but he's able to get out and he smashes the TV. He gets out of the straps and he gets into the ventilation system. And he, gets, he sneaks out of there. He gets out of that. And then he somehow finds his way back to like the loading dock again. He calls his ex-wife to tell her to not have the kids wear the masks. And of course, again, all we hear, like, it just also bugs me because all we hear on her end is literally not having, like, don't even give her a voice. Yeah. It, it was insulting because not only can you not write women, but you won't even let them have lines and you will just make that the choice for what we hear on this call. Right. This is, this was some like well placed misogyny in case we didn't already pick up on them vibes. Right. It was like, on our way out, we need you to know we don't like women. Let me just say, this is the final boy that no one asked for. This was one of those times where I wish the final person was just murdered. And just like, don't let us have a real ending. Just kill them. Right. It made me want to take back my stance on anybody can be a final person. <laughs> um, when I said that, I had not remembered this movie at the time. I will be revising that. Look for a new hot take on that movie soon. <laughs> All right. So, um, so he finally gets up. He gets to um, the main chick who is, like, tied up in the room or whatever. Um, he gets her undone. He takes her off. They're running around. Blah, blah, blah. Find their way back into the, the main control room, I guess, would be what it's called. I don't know. Um, what Homer Simpson was in the plant. That is right, right. Computers. Um, <laughs> then he gets the idea to play. He sneaks over. He plays the commercial, um, and he, they all run up to the top and they dump those chips on top of everyone, and it becomes this huge um, kind of explosion. I don't know. Um, and then. Yeah, so they had to run out. Oh, and then I said, I, who knew that Stonehenge was so susceptible to flashing lights and ring, and ring around the rosy? <laughs> no one goes to the Stonehenge and play ring around the rosy in a strobe light because you will explode. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> and then so they run away. They get out to the car. The thing, you can see the, the terrible special effects of that factory on fire. Terrible special effects. It was insulting in a new way. <laughs> Like, so many insults are just being hurled at me towards in this movie. <laughs> so many. Um, so then they get out, they're driving or whatever, and I don't know why he hasn't realized this, but she has not spoken one word since he got her out of that factory. Not even in the factory. Not a word. Not, not how did you get in here? Are you okay? Are you nothing? Aside from the running she did with him, she hasn't even really moved or blinked but yet he's trying to drive away with her and all of a sudden she's activated to try and kill him at the wheel. Yeah. And he fights her and we find out she's a robot because he tears like, is her arm he tears off? Or is it, what did he tear off of her? I forgot. Uh, his, her arm. Well, no, he wrecks the car and she gets out which that's when her arm is ripped off. And that's when we have robots on top of all of the other things we might have in this movie. Right. Because we needed something else. Well, all of the all the men in suits were robots. They hinted that earlier. They never say it outright, but they hinted at it. The fact <laughs> that I just now learned that after seeing this yesterday, aside from how many times I watched as a child, which couldn't have been many because it's not a real Halloween movie, 
It just has the name. I, but I would say I've seen this three or four times in my life, and this is the first time I'm hearing this new information. <laughs> so this is a problem in our storytelling. Yes. So, yeah. But anyways, um, this, the fights in this movie are just the most ineffective things in a movie film, in a film full of ineffective things. <laughs> These fights felt like they were choreographed, and we were watching the practice with the actors doing it for the first time, as opposed <laughs> to what was supposed to be filmed. Because like in in theater, like your fight choreographer comes in and they're like, nobody's going full speed. We're gonna work way up to half speed. I feel like this was the first speed, not even half speed. And we were just watching it all happen in slow motion. Or there was no fight choreographer <laughs> and it was just like choke so-and-so. Now you have to roll. And so someone was off camera dictating what should be happening, which is why it happened so slowly and clumsily. Yeah, and I think that part of it, too, they got stuck in, because, like, Michael Myers is not the quickest man in the world. No. And like, his movements are all very, like, precise and specific, so that when he stabs you, it's, it is kind of slow, but it's purposeful. These yeah. just didn't have any purpose. It was just slow. <laughs> I, Michael Myers can move as slow as all these people do in this movie because he's earned that right. He knows these babysitters are going to run upstairs, and he will catch them there, so he's not in a rush. Um, he knows, he, he's seen this movie before. He knows yeah. what they're going to do. He is not going to break a sweat. He's like, I'll see you outside, Lori, if you make it that far this time. Whereas well, the people in this movie were just like not picking up their feet or picking up the pace. They weren't, yeah, there was no, I think what happened too was there was struggle from the victim side in the, in the first two Halloween films. In this one, there is no, they, they just like, oh, I'm being choked now. And the moment where she's choking him with one hand. Even as a robot, I feel like that should elicit someone to fight back. I know if anybody or anything chokes me, I'm going to attempt to fight back. And right, I would and like to see that because it's survival. It's only, one, it's only one hand. So they, they have it like here. Mm -hmm. Get, get that off me. <laughs> right? Perhaps even step out of it, depending on how tight this clutch is. I just... One hand couldn't be that tight. I'm just saying. I, I, I don't know what these robots are on because these robots are doing them the most. True. Well, and it wasn't even one hand, like, in the front of the neck because that would be different. It was one hand on the side of the neck so you would have the other hand. I'm doing this wrong. There, it would be something like that. And so you would have the other hand to, like, stabilize and, like, continue to put pressure, but you take one hand, bye. <laughs> I, don't, I wish I people could see this demonstration because we need this demonstration to go with this audio right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a video up sometime about how to choke people with one hand. Um, <laughs> so anyways, the fights are terrible, all of them, not just this one, all of them. And this one has like three different acts. It was so long, it was stupid. And then we, he runs to the gas station and he's calling up the people to get the, uh, the commercial off the air. And he gets to, he gets not, well, these kids come in to trick or treat and the commercial starts to play and he gets it off one and, they, and the kid just flips the channel and then it's playing on another one. And then they get that taken off and he flips the channel again and then it's on a third one and they don't, they don't get the third one taken off. I was like, these kids are determined to die. He's determined. Right? Says, We're going to get it to whatever channel I got to get it on. And meanwhile, he's freaking out on the phone. He's like, 
to make them take it down, make them take it down. And we haven't earned this level of stress and tension that they think we have with this Ring Around the Rosie commercial because the plot don't make no damn sense. And the overall master plan don't make no damn sense. Like, are we going to use these robots and these three masks to annihilate all the children in California by putting bugs and snakes in their mouth as they die? Is that it? Because if so, that's bad. It seemed like, it seemed like all the children in the country. There was, really like, there was a montage before this that was like kids in Ohio and kids in yeah. Arkansas and kids in New York. It's in Louisiana, and there was all like, there was even that one subcreet. Like, I'm sorry, if a van drove around my neighborhood with speakers on top of it saying "Get home, get home for that," da 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 da, I would be like, I ain't going home. I ain't going anywhere near that TV or that channel is telling me to watch. I'm sorry. Right, right. I just usually with a horror movie, there is some menace. There is a certain there is a certain raised stake. And this one was just like, we're going to make a movie because we can. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this and Lords of Salem are in the same level of because we can. We did. Yeah. I mean, this is a little bit better than Lords of Salem, but not much. Anyway. I mean, what's not better than Lords of Salem? Like, I opened, I opened my dinner earlier and it was a better horror movie. <laughs> But yeah, right. this was a letdown. So, at least a good portion of the children at the end of this movie are dead. I, I mean, I guess. And I guess their parents that they're allergic to snakes. <laughs> I I also don't get the how and the why. Cochran wanted to kill the children. Like, is it a step one of a plan? He says earlier that it's revenge because kids took Halloween away from the spooky men. I don't know. It, it doesn't really make any sense. I think it was supposed to, I mean, you said earlier it was supposed to be a sequel to this because we don't see Cochran die. Cochran's still alive at the end of this section. Which upsets me. Yeah. <laughs> Kill everybody so we can't have a sequel. Um, it's just Usually there's a plan or an intention. Like even Michael Myers has a focus. He wants to kill his family so we can follow that thread. This was just people out here doing shit with three masks. So that's the end of the movie. Let's Thanks get so to much. our hot takes. My hot take is this doesn't belong in Halloween. We already knew, but it also doesn't belong in witchcraft because I, where, where were the witches? Were the masks cursed? Is Cochran a male witch sorcerer situation? If so, we didn't talk about it. We just kind of like did some random shit and then it's like no one will notice we're Hollywood. <laughs> so I, I don't know where this movie belongs aside from like the garbage bin, but I, I, I am not here for whatever level of witchcraft I thought they were achieving or Halloween. Yeah, like I, so my hot take is, so this is based on a book, which I did not realize. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but the book is sci-fi. The book is not, it's supposed to be more sci-fi than like witchcrafty and horror or whatever. Um, so it's based on a book. I, I think it, it, it is possible to mend witchcraft and technology. I think 
that episode of Buffy did it pretty well. Any calendar all day until that actor let us down. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Buffy did it all right, especially with that episode where the demon goes into this computer and it's like a robot thing. I, Robot, you, Jane, Willow's first leading episode and yes. Jane Sounder's first episode, season one. So, it can be done. It's just not this. <laughs> this is far from... The fact that a 90s, because like Buffy started in 96, and so it has all of the 96-isms that it's hard for some people to watch because the computers are like big, bulky, glowy things, much like these. Um, but like the fact that with all of Buffy's 90-isms, it handled this better in an hour, actually less than an hour, because WB is network TV. So like 42, 45 minutes. Let's say 44 minutes, 25 seconds. I haven't seen it in a couple years. I could be off. Um right. <laughs> But, like, the fact that it could, could do all of the things and this could not do any of the things, I just, yeah. I don't understand. And I've seen some people on Facebook, not, not our Nightmare on Fear Street Facebook, because they would be wrong, but um, on, like, other groups and stuff I'm in that say this is the best sequel of the, of the, of the Halloween franchise, and I'm just like... I don't know what movie you watched, but it's not the movie I watched. I'm going to tell you right now, and if any of our listeners feel that way and get into any of the DMs that I am checking, I'm going to tell you to go learn how to love yourself. You deserve better than this movie. 100%. 100%. Yes. How are you going to love horror when you can't even love yourself? That's all I got to say about that. (laughs) So, all right. So we are concluding our month-long witchcraft celebration of all things witchy. So, Sheree, if you had to rank these films we've watched in September, how would you rank them? I want to say this is better than Lords of Salem, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> you want to hear mine first so I can, it might help you? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where Suspiria and the witch <laughs> rank for me, so yeah, go ahead. So mine would be Suspiria... The Craft, The Witch, uh, Halloween 3, and Lords of Salem. And I will say that The Craft and The Witch are like neck and neck. They're very close. So if I did like a 2-3 tie, that's where that would be. I would say because like I definitely saw Suspiria for the first time. So I'm more familiar with The Witch and The Craft. Um, But I would say after watching them all consecutively, I would do The Witch Suspiria, the craft, because now that I see all of the not handling women well, it, it's just the fact that the men are there now, and I paid more attention because I'm less starved for needing witchcraft to be feminism for me at this age. Uh, so, like, it, it docks it down to third for me. I, I want to say this is better than Lords of Salem. I, I do. I don't feel it right now because I just watched this shit yesterday. But I want to say it's better than Lords of Salem, but neither had a plot. And so I don't really know. This was quicker. I, I'll give it that. It was quicker. So it will be better than Lords of Salem. Yes. So this is my four. Lords of Salem is my five. <laughs> All right. All right, Shrey. What are we doing next week? Next week, y'all, we're going to pivot and do the actual Halloweens, skipping this one, clearly. And we're going to kick it off with the Halloween original, not the remake, no more Rob Zombie this year, we're done with him, but the original Halloween starring Jamie Lee Curtis as one of our original screen queens. Um, And we're going to talk about it with our good friend, Mr. Ben Wint. 
who will be here next week to talk about all the podcasts and cool things that Ben does. Um, it's going to be a good time. You got three Halloween nerds sitting around some computers talking Halloween. Yes, we're excited. We went to school. So those of you who don't know, the three, me, Sheree, and Ben, all went to college together for undergrad. And so it's going to be great to get to reconnect and see what he's been up to and have us all talk about one of the classic horror films. Like, if you say you don't like the original Halloween, I question you. As a child, when we had cable around Halloween, which is the only holiday that matters, I would watch it on AMC because they would like marathon all the Halloweens and I'd pick up new trivia that I didn't get the five years before. (laughs) I'm ready. I'm ready. I might have a PowerPoint. We might have to have visuals for this one. We're working it out. I'll see where Ben and Trin are with their like essays. Um, (laughs) We might have to have some presentations. Yes, it's such a classic. I'm really, really excited to get into the, the one of the kind of, not the original slasher, but the the slasher that in my eyes, from my lived experience, catapulted slasher into like a major horror subgenre. So like, I'm excited. All right, so. The hot take, I will say that this elevated that slasher genre in a way that Jason Voorhees could never. Shots <laughs> fired. Come at me. I stand by that. Right. I do too. I mean, and I love Jason too, but like, he's not Michael. I love Mrs. Voorhees, and I'll do a couple of the other ones, but, like, there's too many. Like, at some point, you got to just stop and be like, how many more (laughs) of these do we have in us? How many more? All right. So so we don't get too much into that (laughs) before we're actually supposed to. You follow us on all the social media. Like I said earlier, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Make sure you rate and review us on iTunes. Again, we would love uh, ratings are awesome. But if you could just go in and put a sentence or two about like why you like to listen to us, if, um, why other people should listen to us, just a quick review, just so people can get an idea of what we do, who we are, all that kind of stuff. It'd be great. It'd be hugely helpful. It helps people find us through the huge iTunes library of podcasts, because as we know in this pandemic year, every one of their dog has a podcast. I actually believe there is a dog, there's a podcast that a dog is host of. So. That's pretty cute. <laughs> and with that being said, thanks for listening and stay fierce, everybody. Bye.